Um, okay, we're ready to roll. Verse 25 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Uh, we are still in the middle of the what we will call the Sermon on the Mount, but it's a very, it's his first real sermon, and boy, is he hitting everything. Uh, God has not spoken to the world for a couple of hundred years, and he is stepping up and letting everybody know what's wrong. <laughs> and that's a lot of what this is. Uh, Jesus starts talking and says, here's what you're all doing wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm back. You know, I, I guess who was the last, who's the last book of the New Old Testament? Micah or something like that? Yeah, Malachi, yeah, one of them. So nothing really worldwide. Of course, he talked to people. He talked to you know, and John sent a message out. But this is this is the real stuff, and it's basically God showed up and says, "Okay, here's what you're doing wrong." Yeah. Okay, to the church mostly. Yeah. This is to religious leaders, and uh, it's sort of yeah. I don't. I'm not sure how much different it would be now if he showed up and gave a message, and the church was standing there listening. How much different it would be than this. Um, moving on. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Well, that's easy, isn't it? <laughs> and he's saying this before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, before we have the Word. Uh, but with his presence, it's kind of powerful. So having him say it to you carries some weight. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've said to someone, don't worry about something and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever someone says something to you, don't worry. You usually worry more <laughs> uh, as to what you will, and then he defines it as to what you will eat or drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on it. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Uh, you know, he's talking about well, one survival, and the other is your presentation to the world. Um, you know, they're vastly different. Well, of course, clothing, well, if you live in Antarctica or the Arctic, if you're an Eskimo, clothing has a lot more importance, I would think, than it does here in Jerusalem. Uh, but food, clothing, shelter, all necessity. But clothing, and he'll get into this, is a little more to do with how you react and the world reacts with you. I mean, it's, it's not like he could talk about, don't worry about what kind of car you drive. You know what I mean? Or what kind of donkey you have. I, I don't know what would be the, yeah. But clothing, it always seems to, it's, it's an, it seems to come up a good bit in the, in the scripture about how they adorn yourself and all this, you know. They have a suit or yes. jeans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it, so it's things that, what he's saying is the things that the world makes important. I guess is the easiest way for me to put this. So there's necessity. Don't worry about necessity. I got you. And then there's the things that how the world views you. Don't worry about that either. I got you. And, well, and then he basically says, we're going to die anyway, so don't worry about that too much. In the next ten verses, Jesus used the words worry and worried five times. So, it is his first major teaching. It is an important topic. One of the first things he wants us to know about our universal anxiety. God shows up and he tells us, I know you guys worry a lot. And I also know that those guys out there, the ones who I'm criticizing, use that worry against you. Uh, and that the world uses your worry to get you to do what it wants you to do. Basically fear. Yeah, well, right. It is fear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he knows how much of our lives we spend in fear and anxiety. And, well, of course, all of it comes from sin. Uh, we are open to that because 
we're separated from God. We sin. Uh, the Greek word is meranau. It means to be anxious about. The, the word for worry is anxiety, which is, yeah. Um, to have distracting care. And that that's an interesting phrase. To your, what you should be caring about, you're not. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Stop doing that. But the actual meaning of the word is it's a, your, your care is distracted by something. What, you're, what you should be thinking about and... Don't don't worry about your life is what he's saying. You gave your life to him, and this is a little easier for us in the church after his resurrection to find a little deeper meaning in this. Uh, let him worry about it. This isn't saying challenging things won't happen or occur, that hard or harsh things won't happen, uh, or that your life can't be made harder by your own decisions and actions. That's all true. Uh, if you've ever watched, there's an old Bill Murray movie called Meatballs. I don't, I'm not advising that you go out and rent it or find it, but there's a little spot in there where this kid's worried about everything that's happening and what everybody thinks of him. And he starts this chant, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And everybody starts chanting it. And you get the feeling that it really doesn't matter. You know, if you just speak the truth, the truth has a power to rip through this stuff. Uh, it's one of the classics. Uh, this is saying big picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Meryl Streep was in it. <laughs> this, this is saying big picture, as far as existing on this earth goes, God got you. And... Uh, when everything's going well, that's very easy, isn't it? Uh, you know, God loves me. Uh, but, you know, some challenges come along, the things that come with life, the things that come with separation from God, the things that sin, sin brings along with it when they show their head. But see, it's in these things, when we don't worry, as Christ said not to worry, that we have a witness. The fact that we face what they face, the fact that we have to go through what they go through, and when they look at us and see that it's different with us, that's the witness. Remember what Scripture says. It is your hope that is your witness. It says, when they see the hope that is in you, be ready to tell them where it comes from. Because without that hope, your words mean nothing. With that hope, your words mean everything. Uh, yeah. This isn't saying, don't work for necessities. This isn't saying, just abandon life. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about anything, you know, and just ride the rails, become a hobo or something. Um, that might be a little too dated for some of you, but Roland, you know what riding the rails is, don't you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's saying don't worry, or and what, by worry, don't invest emotional energy into it about temporal things, including oh, survival. Now, as your car plummets off a cliff, I'm sure this will come up. You will worry for at least a second. <laughs> but, you know, I guess there are some of us, as the car flies off the cliff, will be saying, I'll fly away, oh glory. That's where I'd like to be. I'm not saying I am. Here I come. Here I come, Lord. <laughs> Get the, put the pizza in the oven. I'm on my way. <laughs> It's hard for us to keep focus on our lives away from accumulating wealth and temporal security. And we, we worry about wealth and temporal security 
because we don't want to worry. When we have wealth, we have temporal security and all those things. When we own our own house, when we don't have to pay for the car, when we have health insurance, all those things. It means I don't have to worry. And that's what we're trying to achieve. Not worry. Well, what Jesus is saying, uh, that doesn't mean anything. You shouldn't be worrying anyway. And I wish I could tell you I could do that with complete success. I can't. Uh, but I want to. Uh, focus on eternal security. It's really the only thing that matters. The rest of it is just stuff. If I had it to do over again, uh, let's say I could go back to 18 years old or something, and I know what I know now. I think the thing that would change in me is that I would worry less. Because as I grow older, some of the things I spent a lot of time worrying about really was just stupid. It really was. Um, socially, financially, the whole thing. Of course, I'd also put money in, you know, Amazon. But um, honestly, yeah, the, a whole lot of things that I worried about that really, as life panned out, didn't mean anything. I, I wasted an emotional investment into something that had no return. Uh I would spend less time in angst over the things I could not change or losing things that I'm simply destined, destined to lose uh, over time. Uh, I mean, I already know I'm going to lose them. So why am I worried about it? And enjoy them while you have them. And that's particularly true of people. Enjoy them while you have them. Value them. Uh, they were never mine. They were always his. I just got to hold them for a little while and really enjoy holding them uh, and value that little bit of time that you have man it really matters I, uh, yeah i'm still digressing to what i would do <laughs> if you're wondering where i am on this chapter i'm still in what i would do if i could do it over again knowing what i know um i i would just really enjoy my time with my parents more i i did but i think you know, I, I would go a little more out of my way to spend a little more quality time instead of just the usual and passing stuff, you know, and, and speak to them a little more truthfully and openly. Uh, but I, I did get the chance to do that at the end, and I'm thankful for that, but um, I wish I could have done it before the end. But anyway. First uh, Peter 5, 6, 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. And he doesn't ask us when the proper time is. That's his call. He will exalt you at the proper time. The proper time being when exalting you won't hurt you. That's the proper time. And he knows that. And the next verse is the one that relates to all this. Casting all our, your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So, why, how, why should we give our anxieties and our fears and our cares to the Lord? He loves you. That's why. And the more you know, and if you don't know how much He loves you, it'll be harder for you to do this. The more you know how much He loves you, despite who you are, uh, despite the things you've done, because Satan's always telling you, "Yeah, you know what you've done. No, he he doesn't love you. Why, why would he respond to you? You're the one who did this, this, and that." And 
yeah, God is so much bigger than. If you don't know how much, if you do not know how much God loves you, you will worry all the more. Uh, Philippians four six seven. Be anxious for nothing. There, that's all encompassing. Uh, Jesus Christ said it by saying, you know, food and water and clothing. Well, Paul just says anything. There's nothing you should be anxious over. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. And I love that little. It's easy to read past that with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Which is, that's faith. Thanks, thankful that you're praying and that he hears you and he's going to do the best thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that Thanksgiving part's really important in there. It's, you could read by it really fast, but let your requests be no made known to God. Well, God already knows them. You're letting that happen. You're acknowledging to Him that He is the answer. Uh, once again, I'll tell you, prayer is an act of humility. It is saying, you are the one who can handle this. I'm admitting that. I can't. You can. Just the fact that it's an act of humbling ourselves uh, is extremely important and then he says if you do those things and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension and wow what a beautiful little phrase what that means is peace that doesn't make sense peace that is the witness that I was talking about before when you have peace that is beyond comprehension that is the witness to the world of who God is and what he can do in a life because they've heard the words, they just haven't seen it. Uh, everybody is, you know, everybody's heard the message here in the United States at least once. They haven't seen it. And it says, and which surpasses the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, it'll take your anxiety away, uh, basically is what it's saying. The physiological effects of anxiety and, uh, you know, the mental part of it and you know all of us deal with it and of course what you're anxious over tells you a lot about you and uh, it tells you what you worry about is what you hold important so there's a lot to learn from that uh, Luke 10 40 through 42 but Martha was distracted with all of her preparations and she came to him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the servings alone and then <laughs> Then tell her to help me. Imagine saying to Jesus, make her. Jesus is there teaching the eternal truth. all the work here. Yeah. Her to help me. Yeah. What she should do is stop working and come and listen to. You know, right. but, but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. And you can just, Martha, Martha, it means he has compassion for it. Oh, honey. Oh, sweetie, you're just, you're not getting it here. You know, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Worry and bother is her default setting. Life has taught her to worry and bother. Uh, Good thing none of us do that. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> but we missed that part where he says it. What he's saying, sweetie, it's not just this. This is you. This is, this is what your life's become. You're captive to this worry. And the fact that he says her name twice, Martha, Martha, you can feel the compat. There's, it's like a compassionate thing. He's not criticizing her. He goes, oh, sweetie, I feel so bad for you. You know, you're worried and bothered about so many things. Just don't get it yet. No. <laughs> you know, 
give me time i'll fix that in you you know and and then he says to her but only one thing is necessary all these things you're worried about there's only one thing that matters for mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her mary got it there's only one thing that's necessary mary knows what it is i'm not going to tell her to step away from it mary has peace i'm not going to take it away from her and give her your anxiety and i'm not saying it doesn't need done but i'm saying at that point in time jesus is sitting in your house the creator of the heavens and the earth the sum of all truth is sitting in your living room and you're worrying about other stuff and jesus said oh man you know you need some help sweetie she's not, she's not washing the dishes <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> amen uh words of true wisdom only one thing is necessary if it's not that one thing don't be bothered by it wow i know that's true and i try very hard to live it it so much of life has taught us so much different Luke 12, 11 through 12. When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and authorities, do not worry. <laughs> when you get arrested and they're about to kill you and treat you horribly, don't worry <laughs> about how or what you should speak in your defense or what you are to say. Uh, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, the important part is that in that very hour... Uh, that requires faith uh he said i'm not giving you a heads up i'm not giving you a narrative before it happens so that you can sit here and relax a little bit trust me i when it happens if it was happening because of your following of me not because you did something wrong i mean you know, yeah. if you know if you run the stop sign god's not going to give you these inspired holy spirit words to tell the officer before he writes you the ticket you know what i mean yeah yeah you know what i mean but honestly what he's talking about is when you're made to answer for what you believe yeah when you're made to answer for what you believe i'll be there don't worry about it do not worry okay verse 26 whoa we're zipping along look at the birds of the air they do not this is jesus coming back with why are you worried about what you're eating and drinking and what you're wearing do not look at the birds of the air they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns and your heavenly father feeds them are you not worth much more than they uh the reason we should not worry is because once we have done what we could and should uh do not care or worry about ourselves uh, God sees to our needs. Uh, that's We're not speaking about wants here. We're talking about needs. There are some things the scripture says about wants. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will add to you. There's uh, when you want the right thing, I will give you what you want, <laughs> is what scripture says. Uh, and there's something important here. Note that the birds work every day for their food. Uh, they just don't sit there and wait for God to have it show up. You know, it says they, they go out and they gather, but it's there for them to gather. They tend not to store up abundance, which takes us back to the manna. How God does this, you have to go get it. But what you can't do is pretend that you don't need me by pouring it away and saying, well, because every time we do that, every time that we 
separate ourselves from the anxiety of our needs uh, every time we become comfortable uh, we just tend to forget God it that historical throughout the whole New Old Testament just yeah then by the way the question is rhetorical <coughs> that Jesus brings up uh, are you not uh, worth much more than, much more than the birds uh, Yes, you are. I mean, it's not a real question, you know, just, just to be sure. Creation, brothers and sisters, all of this, and this will help, I hope, is here for us. It's for you. Uh, we are to care for it as it cares for us. Make no mistake, we are the center of God's attention in all of creation. You matter greatly. Jesus Christ abandoned heaven, came here was mocked, beaten, tortured, crucified, and killed for you. Not for planet Earth, not for the sun and the moon and the stars, for you. Uh, that's how important you are. All those birds and the animals, they all exist for his glory, for your enjoyment, and for your health. 27, and, and who of you, by uh, being worried, can end a single hour to his life. What he's saying is, and in the end, it's kind of dumb because it doesn't change anything. Uh, yes, sometimes anxiety forces you to do things that you should have done. <laughs> if you had done them when you should have done them, you wouldn't have anxiety right now. Uh, I mean, that's... It can um, take time away from you. Though. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Uh, Jesus alludes to a very important point. You're going to die. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So stop worrying about things that are not eternal. Uh, I just had this conversation with someone. Uh, if it's not eternal, it's been a while since I've said it. I know I've said it before. If it's not eternal, it doesn't matter. The only thing that non-eternal things matter about is uh, how they affect the eternal. Let's say if I uh, want a car so bad that I do evil to get the car. Well, the car's not eternal. But it had a, you know, and it wasn't the car, it was me, but that's why the car mattered, you know, because the car's going to be gone, it'll be like it was never here. Um, the matter is in the hands of the one who gave you your life, the one who loves you the most and knows all things. Those two things together, when you connect it to all-powerful, all-knowing, and loves you, those three things together should eliminate worry. He knows me the best, which means he knows what I need. He can do anything because he's all-powerful. And he will do what's best because he loves me. Those three facts, when you really, really know them, should eliminate worry. Uh, the more you know God loves you, the greater your faith will be. It is just that simple. Trust that he will use both your life and your death for the kingdom. That he will prepare you for it when it comes. Stop fretting about it. Number One of the num top things that human beings worry about is death. Uh, that and, uh, you know, it's odd. Uh, you read those little things. You go online and say, uh, what do people fear the most? And there's all these different things. And sometimes it'll be like public speaking, then death. And you're like, huh? what? <laughs> I'm Like I said, I'm sure if you're falling off of a building, you'd, Switch them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll public speak anytime you want. You know, but anyway. Um, worry takes time off your life. It, it's time you never get back. 
that precious commodity of time that God grants you, uh, it gets wasted in worry. It, it does. And if anybody, if any of you out there have had children, you know it becomes your big concern. Uh, well, I'll be blunt, your worry. Uh, there are very few things in life that I worry about as much as I do my children. And I they give me very little to worry about. But it's just, and now it's my grandchildren. And uh, they're, which tells me they're the things that are hardest for me to give to God. Um, for me to trust God with. Because uh, I love them so much. Um, it's like I'm willing to give God the things I don't love, but the things I do, I, I can't trust you with it. I mean... And I know that he loves them more than I do. I, I know that. And for me right now, this whole teaching speaks to me for that. And for you, it might be something different in wherever you are in your life. But for me, that's what it is. You know, if something happens to me, yeah. You know, but if something happens to my kids or my grand, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I can quickly become a mess. You know, and God has to really sit me down. But it helps to know if they know Him. Oh, <laughs> well, imagine your well, imagine how much you would worry if they didn't. Right. And we shouldn't do that either. God loves them more than we do, and He's got them. You know, sit back. I I probably told you this before. There was a time, you know, when my son was a young man. I, you know, he I raised him up in the way he should. He Hopefully we lived it in front of him and we said it in front of him. And, you know, he went his own way for a little bit. And, you know, Cheryl and I would talk and she'd be worried. Us, and it just struck me. It's just like the Holy Spirit just, dude, relax. Don't worry about it. I got him. That's what I heard. <laughs> I got him. I got this. And it, don't, you let it go. And uh, it was hard for me to let go, for me to stop telling him, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And I just encouraged them, was helpful to them, and just let it go and not worried and tried to help Cheryl not worry. And uh, right now I'm as the Lord's word proved true. Um, now, it's not like he was out, you know, doing horrible things. It's just right. what he thought was important in life. What well, just, but everybody has to do that. Everybody has to decide for themselves. You, you can't. Give your life to Christ based on what mom and dad did, or and somebody. Else. You have to do it because you know it's the right thing. And so, for me, <laughs> I've watched this play out in my life. Everything that Jesus is saying here, because that was the thing I was worried about, and uh, and still, if they get sick, I worry and all that. But anyway, what you worry about reveals what you do not trust God with, and that's the point. I was just for me, that was that. For you, I'm not sure what it is, but you need to see it. And you need to confront it. And when it shows up in your life, stop and take a look at it. Grab it out of the time stream that rips past your life. Grab it and grab it and put it in front of your face and look at it and say, what am I doing here? And, you know, why is this happening? Then stick it back in and let it go its own way. It's only uh, when things happen that reveal our worries that we can learn about our faith. Uh, it's been a long time since I said this, but once again, I will tell you, faith is progressive. It moves from here to here to here to here, step by step, going one step further than I did before because life is pushing you to go one step further. And sometimes you forget to look back and see how far you came. And it's important that you do that once in a while.
this is why challenging things come our way. Verse 28. Where am I at? Just so I don't get too carried away here. Oh, we got time. And why are you worried about clothing? <laughs> Jesus says it straight up. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Um, <laughs> why are you worried about how you look and how are you presented, how the world views you? Uh, of course, you know, I'm not saying, you know, don't take a bath, don't shower, you know, don't, you know, be aqualung snot running down your nose, you know, that sort of thing. For those of you who remember Aqualung by Jethro Tall. Um... Observe how the lilies of fields grow. They do not tour, they do not spin. It's easy to read. Uh, this is easy to read when one has a closet full of clothes, okay? And has never gone cold due to a lack or uh, doesn't have nice things. Has spent their entire life, uh, you know, on the, what we'll call the less acceptable edge of society. And what he's saying is here, it doesn't matter. Because the point is, you mean more to God than these plants. And he takes care of them. He's taking care of you. What those people think doesn't matter. And man, so true. I don't think you really get that till you get older. And you realize, why was I worried about what a bunch of people who were going to hell thought of me? I, I don't, I'm not trying to be crude. And I'm not celebrating that they're going to hell. I'm just saying, why did I invest energy in that? Why did I? Honestly. Wow. That's time I'll never get back. You know? And But I think you have to learn it. I mean, I can't just say it and then you accept it. I, I think you have to learn it. Uh, unless you're really, really smart and wise. Um, which I wasn't, so... Verse 29, Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothe themselves like one of these. The beauty of being who God creates you to be overwhelms everything. If you are prospering in what God created you, who and what God created you to be, the rest, you're beautiful. And the world will know you're beautiful. And people will flock to you. They'll want to be around you no matter what you're wearing, no matter what you drive. It doesn't matter. Uh... Three verses of this mighty sermon address close. It's more than a message about the cold. It's how we present ourselves to the water, the world, I'm sorry, and what they think about us by what they see on us and thinking about what they think because of what we're wearing and things like that. The fashion industry generates $1.5 trillion annually, give or take. I'm not talking the clothing industry what you wear for modesty and to keep warm or cool. I'm talking about fashion. You know, that am I wearing the right thing, looking the right way? And, well, you guys have been around me for a long time. Uh, I think it's safe to say I'm probably not a slave to fashion. Uh, but anyway, it's what the world keeps throwing at us. And it's not just clothes, guys. It's, you know, it's, well, how big your TV is. <laughs> Uh, what kind of car you drive, you know, it's a thousand things. Jesus makes it clear that he is also referring to how we worry about what the world thinks of us 
because how we look and what we have and what we do, the beauty of the lilies is intrinsic based on what they are, not what they wear. The people I had really admired in my life, the people who I thought were beautiful people were not so because of how they looked or what they wore. Uh, amen. I, I think, you know, I want you to think for a moment, folks, of maybe the two people you admired the most in your life. Right now, uh, who are the two people in my entire life that I admire and love and appreciated the most? And I would be very surprised if it had anything to do with how they looked, what they wore, how much money they had. Uh, just beautiful people, beautiful human beings. When I think about them, I can't even remember what they wore. You know, I can't remember, as I think back in my life, about these people. You know, I'll exclude my parents because they are my parents. But, you know, uh, just the people I encountered in life as I traveled through. Maybe not for even for a very long time, but I went, wow, there's something about that person. You know, I can't even remember what they were or what they had. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Uh Verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? What he's saying is if you're worried about this stuff, guys, it's a problem with your faith. Uh, once again, Jesus points to the obvious. God cares for all creation, but creation is here to care for you. Beauty is not found in brand names or styles. Beauty is intrinsic. It's not what you wear that creates beauty. It's who wears it that makes something beautiful. The lack of faith makes daily living more difficult than God means it to be. It's the difficulty we create. It's not a difficulty that comes our way because this is how life is. It's a fallen world. It's not the difficulty that comes with being born for everybody it's the difficulty we create it's the spider web we spin ourselves that we get stuck in as peter wrote as we said cast all your anxieties upon him he wants to take take them from you so that you could have the peace that he came to give you boom 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 we will stop right there uh verse 31 because then he goes on to well, let's just do 31 because it's pretty much a conclusion to this. Don't worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothes? Because he, remember he just said, you have little faith, which is sort of an indict. He's indicting us a little bit lovingly uh, saying, I don't know how to say this, but that worry you're having, it's your fault. When he says you have little faith, He's saying, you're doing this. I'm not doing it. You're doing this to yourself. You're letting the world and Satan do this to you. You're allowing it to happen. Uh, so when he says, you have little faith, he's indicting us. And then he says, to let, it, to let you know for sure that it's not an a harsh indictment. It's one, and it's an indictment because he wants you to be better. He says, don't worry then. Saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? This addresses survival, not abundance and wealth. The promise is you will have food and clothing, not a Porsche. Never allow abundance to cause you to forget, nor to appreciate 
the importance of food, clothing, and shelter, and the fact that God has provided. You know what? I catch myself at home when I eat not saying grace. If I'm out in a restaurant, I do it. If I'm around other people, I do it. But there are times when I will sit. And, and it, even if it's Cheryl and I sitting down together, you know, we'll do it. But if I get up in the morning and make some toast or something, then I sit down and eat it. I just remember, Jeff, you did, it, it's that's not a little thing. Um, I've gotten used to it. Uh, I'm, honestly, if I'm not saying thank you, it means I'm not thankful. You know what I'm? I mean, it's, it can't be clearer than that. I, I'm expecting it, and yeah, you know, that's a little embarrassing. Um, yeah. The don't worry theme of this part of the message is for all of us who have been trained by the world to worry about such things. You know, he spends a lot of time of his first message in 200 years talking about our worry. Uh, why? Because he doesn't want us to. What did he say? I came so that you could have peace and have it, what, abundantly. You can't have peace if you're worried. You can't have what I came to give you until this gets dealt with. You of little faith. So, we'll end right there. Are there any questions, comments, criticisms, anything anybody wants to add? Verse 32. Let me mark that down before I forget it. We're tearing through Matthew. Matthew has a whole lot of chapters. I said, I, I might... I might pass on before we finish. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll live long enough to finish Matthew. <laughs> but man, it's worth it. What a neat journey. Okay, I got it. Well, let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, that your word is directed directly at us. For each of us individually and as a group, Lord, let these words just sink into all of our hearts and collectively to help us just to relax in you, to cast all of our worries upon you, to do our best and then just let it be. We need your help with that, Lord. We've just been trained and just help our faith. And let the words that we've read here today just find a home in our hearts and change us so that we could be a light in this world and not part of the darkness. And just watch over my brothers and sisters, make them strong, wise, brave, and compassionate, and help them to glorify your name and what they think, what they do, and what they say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.